in your Bibles to the book of um, Matthew, and uh, I'm going to continue sharing, uh, in this series uh, on the Beatitudes. Um, I know there is a couple of things I needed to announce real quick here this morning. Let me just go to those real fast here. Yeah, Women of Season is this Wednesday at 9, 9.30 here at the church. And then there's a Women of Valor Worship Night happening February 21st. That's a Friday night at 7 o'clock. So we want to make sure that you um, know about that. Okay? Praise the Lord. So this series on the Beatitudes, um, I have really, you know, this is our seventh week. Isn't that amazing? On the Beatitudes. I don't know. It's been a long time since I preached on anything in, on the same avenue for seven weeks, but I just really am struck by, uh, it really has impacted me about the life that God has called us to and uh, what, uh, what, needs, what, what Jesus taught. You know, making that what we consider to be the Christian life, to live a Christian life, what does that look like? What did it look like to Jesus? Was this his original intent? Is this what he thought the church would look like? Is this what he wanted for us? Because I... Look, I want to I want to please the Lord in my life. So, uh, and I'm sure you do too. So, for that to happen, we have to know what He wanted from us, what His level of expectation was. And so, we've gone through a lot of different things here. We've talked about blessed are the the poor in spirit, uh, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We've talked about how uh, that blessed are the those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now, if you haven't heard all of these, they are in our podcast now. Uh, Greg, let me know before service. All of that's updated, and uh, so you can listen to all of those. Um, and uh, But uh, these have really been impacting to my life. The preparation for them has probably been more impacting than the preaching because it's a discovery from, you know, as we're going through. I mean, I've preached on the Beatitude plenty of t Beatitudes plenty of times through the years, almost, you know, preaching for 40 years. Uh, you know, I've been in this chapter several times. But the, the revelation that God brings to you today is fresh and current. Amen. Hallelujah. I didn't pull out an old stale message to bring to you today. Aren't you glad? Amen. So this passage, this is one of my favorite out of all of these, um, and this is what it says. Blessed, verse 8, are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And it's interesting as you look at this word pure in the Greek language because the word here by definition means to be clear. To be clear, um, you know, I was thinking about, have you ever, like, when you went to buy a new, uh, you went to buy a cell phone, you know, you go in the store, you buy the cell phone, they pull it, they get the box out, and they give you this, this phone, they pull it out, and they pull this screen protector off of it, and they hand it to you, and you look at that phone, right? And when you look at it, you think to yourself, there's no scratches on it, no blemishes on it, no smudges on it. Man, could I keep it looking like that? And you can't. 
because you're going to get makeup on it. You're going to get smudges on it. Sharon breaks about everything that every screen protector that she's had, she's done some kind of damage to it. And, uh, um, you know, usually when Sharon takes a phone back to return it to get a new one, and she says, well, what kind of rebate do I get for my phone? They just laugh at her. So, um, but, you know, when you look at that, you see the, you could see your reflection in it. It's, it's pristine, right? It's pure. It's, there's nothing has touched it. It's, and it, the environment it was created in was a pure, clean environment that was dust-free, actually. And so when it comes to you, it comes pure. It comes clear. It comes clean. Another translation of that word is the word transparent. And so it means to be clear or to be transparent that he's saying, blessed are the transparent, for they will see God. Blessed are the transparent. And that's the one that really has impacted my life. You know, when you, um, when you clean your windows at your house, you know, and I, and I hate cleaning windows. And I'll tell you why I hate cleaning them. Because you can't see everything that's wrong unless you have a lot of light that's on the window. And so when you start cleaning those windows, you know, you, you, you like clean them and you got the solution on there and you're scrubbing them up real good. And you look and you say, man, that's really trans. I can see right through that. That's beautiful. It's clean. It's clear. And then it dries. And you think, is that on the inside or is that on the outside? Does anybody go through this or you all don't wash your windows? So, I mean, you know, is that on the inside or is that on the outside? And usually if Sharon's doing the inside, I say that's on the inside. So, but you know, it's, it's one of those things that it's totally transparent. You can see straight through it. You can see straight through it. The transparency that exists, that that light can shine through unhindered, un. Uh, unadulterated, unmessed, it doesn't mess with it at all. It can't, it can't cloud any of it, that there's this perfect clarity. And so the Lord says here that blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God, for they will see God. You know, this idea of being pure in heart, how, do we, how in the world do we get to, you know, Jesus, just talk about his radical message. This one here, probably ticked the Pharisees off more than anything. Because, see, what we tend to judge things by in our society is by what people are doing than necessarily by what's going on in their heart. Now, if someone commits adultery, we judge them as an adulterer. But God says if they're thinking about doing it in their heart, they're an adulterer, whether they do it or don't. If somebody commits murder, we say murderer, punishment. God says, if you're even thinking about doing it in your heart, whether you do it or don't, you still have murdered. It almost feels a little unfair, right? Because, I mean, that, that's impossible, God. How can I never, you know, think about adultery? How can I never... Think about murder when someone does me wrong. How can I not, how can I have a pure heart? How can I have complete transparency? And, and here's, here's what I want you to get. You can't without his help, without a surrender to him, without allowing him to have complete control, without the willingness in your life to recognize that, look, these things do exist in our life, 
and we've got to we've got to surrender them to the cross of Jesus Christ to overcome them. It's the only way we'll ever overcome them. You know, uh, C.S. Lewis made this statement, and I thought it was so powerful uh, when I was preparing for this series that uh, he said that God did not come to give us nice people. God came to give us new people. A lot of times what the church looks like it's trying to do is to create nice people. Nice people. What we would categorize as nice people. You know, people that, you know, that aren't drunkards, people that aren't perverted, people that, those are nice people. People that aren't running around using the F word every time you turn around and cursing and swearing. But God didn't come to make us nice people. The only way you can make nice people is to set a set of rules and regulations. God came to make us new people. He told us that our heart was stone and that we needed to have our heart in Isaiah. He said, you need a new heart, friend. You need a new heart. You don't need this. You don't need a refurbished heart. You need a new, fresh, new heart. See, the only way that, the only way, if we just try to do it, on, it's like everything in our life. If we discipline ourselves to try to do it when our heart isn't in it, it won't last for very long, will it? You know, if we try to do a diet and our heart's really not in it, it ain't going to work, right? You'll find some excuse, some reason to have a big cheat day that lasts more than a day. Boy, pastor, that's really good. Well, because your heart's not in it. Your heart, you, you haven't changed. You have to have a change of heart. That attitude, that perspective, that, and the Bible tells us that, look, that that's not just a one-time thing that I got born again. In Ephesians, it tells us that we need to be renewed in the spirit of our mind every day, all the time, that we're keeping this fresh. So how do we get to this place where we have this pureness of heart? We have to do this on a content. We have to recognize that the things we're doing on the outside are only the symptoms of the problem that's on the inside. And making better rules isn't going to solve the problem. It just isn't going to do it. Because the church has been making rules for years, right? I grew up under a lot of rules. Don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't read this, don't look at that. Don't. And truthfully, if your heart isn't right with it, and you're still thinking about doing it. It's like the kid, uh, I, I say Johnny. It's not Johnny Myers, just so you know. Yeah. But his mom said, sit down, Johnny. He said, no. He said, sit down, I said. He said, no. She said, Johnny, I told you to sit down. And she grabbed him by the shoulder and sat him down. And Johnny looked up at her and said, well, I might be sitting down on the outside, but I'm standing up on the inside. See, that's how a lot of Christians live their Christian life. They're doing all the stuff on the outside, but on the inside, there's still a whole lot of stuff going on that they're just not agreeing to all of this. Oh, I'll lift my hands because the pastor said it, or I'll do this because we're doing that in church right now. And I'm not picking at you unless it applies to you. I'll do it because I have to. I'll do it because we're supposed to do it. Instead of, my attitude of heart is, Lord, I'm surrendered to you completely. Blessed are the transparent. Blessed are the transparent. Of heart. 
not of action. What we change on the inside will change on the outside. Jesus said, and, and so let's, let's just be clear about this. The things we're doing on the outside are only results of what's going on on the inside. We have to change that. How do we change it? How do we get ourselves to a place where we change it? We have a commitment to transparency in our life with ourselves. A commitment to transparency with ourselves. And a commitment of our transparency with God. I want you just to think for a minute. Now, we know God's all-powerful, right? So we all would, and God is all-knowing. So if I said this morning, I said, look, Holy Spirit is talking to me right now, and I'm just going to walk through here, and I'm going to tell about the stuff you're doing in secret. I'm going to tell about all the stuff in secret that's going on in your life right now. I'm going to talk about the porn you're looking at. I'm going to talk about the, you know, the, 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 the lust that's going on in there. I'm going to talk about the envy that you deal. I, I'm going to reveal it individually. I'm going to walk through the building, and I'm going to just pick you up and talk to you in front of everybody about what you're doing in your life behind what's going on in here. Who you'd like to see dead right now? Huh? Say, so, well, Pastor, I, I mean, just because I'm thinking it doesn't mean it's wrong, does it? Yeah, it does. You're not being true to your God because you're allowing that to exist in your life. You start thinking bad things. Well, I hope something bad happens to them so they understand how bad they are. Uh-uh. See, that is wrong motivation. So if I went through the building and did that, and we know that God could reveal all of that. He could. I mean, he could. What would you run from right now? What would you be, what are you maybe some of you already repenting of? Oh, God, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. We're tight, right, God? We're okay. Don't tell the pastor. Yeah, I know. Look, I got stuff in my life. You got stuff in your life. But we got to be true to ourselves and true to our God that, look, there needs to be purity of heart. How do we get to a place in our lives where we have that purity of heart? Well, the scriptures talk about it. I mean, they're very, very uh, clear about how that you and I can be transparent before the Lord. Go to James chapter 4 with me real quick. James chapter 4. It's right after Hebrews. And uh, I want you to look at, we'll start with uh, verse 7 here. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God. And what will happen? He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. So see, in a lot of this, the way the pathway to transparency for our lives is to make a decision in our lives to no longer be double-minded. To be double-minded means, you know, it's sort of like the in the Old Testament you read about when Elijah was used by God and, and he told the people, he said, look, uh, how long will you hop between the fork and the road? How long are you going to decide to go that way for a while and go that way for a while? 
So here's what I want to ask you this question. I think it's a valid question. Is 2020 going to be the same as 2019, that you're going down one road for a while, and then you veer off on a different path for a while, and then you veer off on a diff back to the right path? Or are you determined that I'm not going to be double-minded, but I'm going to be single-minded? See, James said, he goes on and he tells us later on, he says, look, the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. One translation, I think it's a simple English, says this. What the double-minded man does, the guy that's thinking two different, or man or woman that's thinking two different ways, is, is that what happens in their life is, is that everything that they try to do doesn't work. They can't accomplish anything. They can't accomplish anything. So to be pure of heart means that we have cleansed ourselves from being double-minded. That comes back to the place in our lives where we say, Lord, in my transparency, I'm not coming before you saying that I'm perfect. I'm coming before you and saying you're perfect. Now help me be perfect. Deal with the attitudes of my heart, Lord, that are not right before you. You know, the stuff, I, and I don't know if you're like this, but I've been like this. There's stuff that I know that's wrong in my life, but instead of dealing with it, I put it on the shelf for a while. Anybody put anything on the shelf? You know, you just say, like, put it on the shelf and then maybe put some stuff in front of it so you don't have to look at it. And you know you're going to have to deal with it. You know you're going to have to face it eventually. You know, some point that thing's going to, some, somehow Jesus is going to walk up, knock down whatever's in front of it, and say, what is that? What's that all about? Why are you letting that stay in your life? Why are you letting that rob you from your future? Why are you letting that ruin you? Why are you letting that take away what you could see happen? See, I love this passage because it says, blessed are the, the pure in heart. And it's not just because we say, blessed are the pure in heart, those who are transparent, those who are clear and clean, but so that they can be pure and clean and walk to church and say, man, I'm pure and clean and transparent. No, so I can feel better about me. That isn't what this verse even promises. It says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. They'll see God. They'll see God. So what does that mean like in eternity we'll see God? Yeah, you'll see him in eternity, but you can see him even in this life. His manifest presence, the glory in your life. Hallelujah. You know, Moses, that was his one cry to God. He said, the Lord says, well, what can I do for you, Moses? And he said, I want to see your glory. And the Lord says, well, you can't look at me. You can't look at me. If you look at me, you will not make it. You're, you can't because of the nature, even though you're in the, under a covenant with me, if you see me under without a new heart, you'll never make it. And so he said, look, all I'll do is I'll put my hand over your eyes and I'll walk in, and I'll go before you and then I'll lift it up and you'll be able to see my rear part. You'll see the backside of me. And it was so much that when Moses saw just that part of it, he lit up like a light bulb. And they had to actually, they actually had to cover him up because he was just the, the glory and the radiance of what he experienced just seeing the rear side of God, the back side of God, where God had been. The Holy Spirit spoke to me this morning and he said, so many of my people 
are satisfied with a burning bush experience and have not decided yet whether they want to really see my glory. They're happy with just seeing the burning bush that you had happen 20 years ago in your Christian walk or 10 years ago or five years ago. My Bible tells me that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, his mercies never come to an end, and that they are new every single morning. New day, new experience. Blessed are the pure in heart, the transparent, the clear, the clean, for they shall see, they'll see him, they'll see well, Pastor, I don't know what is that going to do to me if I see God. What happens? Well, I think some pretty incredible things would happen if you saw God. I think standing in his glory, things that aren't working out right all of a sudden become clear. I think things that you're confused about, the confusion leaves. I think things that we're afraid of, we're no longer afraid of. I think that things that we've been battling in our bodies all of a sudden change in his presence and his glory. What does it mean for us to see God? To see God. You know, in all the times that I've had the opportunity to see some type of manifest presence of the Lord, it's drove me in complete and absolute to my knees before God. Not because, you know, I was standing there going, this is so cool, wow, God is awesome. But because I was driven to my knees really realizing my own unworthiness that is only worthy through the blood of Jesus Christ. That the only value that my life has is the value that God puts upon it. And that meant he sacrificed everything that I could have his life. Wow. When you see his presence and his glory, the only thing that is going to happen inside of us is that, that that nature of ourselves is humble. That's why it says there, humble yourself in the presence of God. Humble yourself in the sight of God. Resist the devil. Resist all that other junk. And, and look, what will happen as you draw near to him, he will draw near. I mean, look, I'm not talking about Sunday morning. This is awesome. We're having worship here. I'm talking about God drawing into your house. I mean, God shows up in your house. He's there. I'm telling you that when God is in your house, it changes, you, it changes what you watch on TV. It changes what you listen to on the radio when he's, riding, when he's in the vehicle with you. It, cha it changes everything. Everything. It changes how you use your computer. The other day I was, you know, you have those things that pop up on your computer. You, everybody knows this. I mean, it fools with computers. And so I'm like on my computer and this thing, it was a, something about working out. And, but there was like this model that was on there and and, uh, you know, and I thought, well, that's an interesting article. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what the Lord said to me? Don't do it. Don't do it. And I said, but I want to. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good right now. 
And he said, don't do it. He says, because once you start down that path, he says, it just leads to one other thing. Or as they said in Star Wars, it's a trap. It's a trap. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see, shall see God. The more transparency that we operate in our heart, the more we will see God in our life. Not by works. We'll, we'll close up here. It's not because you're doing better works. Because look, you don't get to see God because you do better works than everybody else. You see God because of the purity of your heart. God is already here. His presence is already here. Look, his presence was here last Sunday just like it's here this Sunday. I mean, what do you do with the passage that says if two or three gather together and, and come together, that there I am in the midst of them, okay? So all you need is just a couple. He says, I'm there in the midst. God is with us, in us. He's already here. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's with us wherever we go. So, look, it's not by the doing all the right things that I get God to show up. It's the attitude of my heart, that my heart is right. And see, as he's already here, when my heart is in that place of transparency and that heart of purity, then I stop looking at the worldly things and I start looking to the heavenly things and all of a sudden I'm connecting with my God. I'm connecting with him. Look, I've been just as guilty as anybody else to go through a worship service and get nothing out of it. But that doesn't have anything to do with the worship. And it doesn't have anything to do with God. I've sat through tons of sermons and got nothing out of them. Except to endure them. That has nothing to do with God not being there. And it has nothing to do with the sermon. It has everything to do with my purity of heart. Who's responsible to clean my heart, to purify my heart? Go to the book of, um, and we'll wrap up with this, 1 John 3. 1 John. First John chapter 3. Now look at verse 2, if you would. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him, purifies himself just as he is pure. As we purify ourselves, as we cleanse our temple, as we throw out the things and get rid of the things that aren't right, as, we are, as God spotlights them in our life, it's not a bad thing, it's a good thing because we're going to see God. We're going to see Jesus. We're going to see the revelation of who he is and what he had and what he wants to do in our lives. I hope today that you have made a decision in your life 
that you want to draw as close to God as you possibly can, to get so close to him that he's so real to you in every aspect, not just because of his works. You know, the children of Israel knew the works of God that didn't change them very much at all. So a lot of believers are basing everything off of works. No, Moses knew the Lord face to face. He had a relationship with God Almighty. He thought the thoughts of God in his life, and it affected and influenced everything about his life. I hope my Christian faith doesn't in the end become just a litany of works that God has done for me, but it's actually that people look at my life and say, wow, he really, he really knew God. He really spent time with God. He really had a revelation of God in his life. He just knew no matter what, no matter what difficulty, no matter what he faced in life, no matter what was going on, no matter whether it was height nor depth nor breadth nor width or it was persecution or it was famine or it was nakedness or whatever difficulty, that guy, he knew God. He knew, he knew God. He just had a relationship with God, and that's the kind of relationship I want to have with God too. Blessed, happy, fortunate, according to the Amplified, are the pure, the transparent, for they shall, they shall see God. Stand up with me, if you would. Father, I pray right now. Lord God, you paid such an awesome price that we could have so much. May we, Lord God, not accept so little. You've said eternal life, Jesus. It's not just that we live forever, but that we know the Father and His Son. Lord, that we have an intimate relationship. Paul, even in all that he experienced, Lord, in the prison, seeing the, the wall shake and his chains break forth, and, 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 and Lord, uh, all of the escapes that he experienced in his life and your presence and the miracles and all the things, and yet he said, to the Philippian church, Lord God, that I might know him, that I could know him, that I could intimately, deeply have a relationship with the Father and with his Son, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable to his death, that I could have this deep understanding and revelation in my life. Father, may we emulate that in our lives to know you, to know you, to know you. I pray today, Father God, that nothing stands between us and you, that we're not letting our past rob us from our future, and we're not letting people rob us from our future. We're not letting the devil rob us from our future, Lord God. We choose today transparency. We choose today, Lord God, to walk in that transparency of spirit. 
And I thank you for it, Lord God. I'm going to ask this morning while heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over the building. Look, the beginning of all of this starts with a relationship with Christ. That's the only way. It's the only way. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, period. There is no other part to it. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. You know, today, if you would say that, look, Pastor, my life is not right with God. I'm not right with God. I'm not in the right place with God. But I want to get this on the right path. I want to get it going in the right direction. And so I'm just, I'd, like to, I'd like to get that straightened out here today in this service. We're going to pray in just a few moments. But I'm going to ask all over the building, if you say, look, my life is not right with God today, I just want you to slip a hand up in the air where I can see it. Thank you in the back. Is there anyone else? Thank you. Another in the back there. Just slip your hand up and let me see it, and you can put it right back down. We're all going to pray together in just a few moments, but don't let this opportunity pass you by. This is your time. God's got you here for divine purpose. Thank you. In the back, I see that. Thank you. Anyone else here today? Join these three that have said, I want to pray today. Hallelujah. I want to make things right. I want to make things right with God. Thank you, Lord. I want to start down that new path. Listen, friend, if God is dealing with your heart, then you need to respond. You need to respond. Is there anyone else that would say, that's me today? And we'll pray together. Hallelujah. All right, everyone, let's join together and let's pray uh, with these three today. Isn't that exciting? Amen. Hallelujah. Say this out loud with me, Lord Jesus. I need your help. I can't do this alone, so I come to you. I turn away from sin, and I turn to you for forgiveness, for peace, for redemption. Jesus, be Lord of my life. I turn my life over to you. You deserve it all, Lord. All the glory, all the praise. You are worthy, Lord. Thank you for accepting me and being the Lord of my life. From this day forward, we walk as one. Amen. Give the Lord a good hand this morning. Amen. Chuck, Chuck, you want to come up? Come on to the prayer team. Come on. Yeah, come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. There it is. Isn't that good this morning? Amen. Why don't you give Jesus thanks. Give him a clap offering. Pastor, thank you for the word. Thank you for the time that you put in the presence of the Lord to bring us a fresh word. We appreciate that. God is so good. We are blessed here at Amazing Grace Church. If you're part of the prayer team for this morning, why don't you come on up and get yourself ready. If you're here this morning and you need prayer, if you need healing in your body, if you're dealing with circumstances or situations that you need prayerful support in and help with, we invite you as soon as the prayer team gets up here to come on up. Spread right out a little bit so we can get somebody down here a little bit more. That'd be awesome. Uh, these people have, uh, have uh, proven themselves as men and women of faith, men and women of prayer, and they're here because they love the children of God. So come on up if you would like prayer, and they're going to agree in prayer with you, stand with you in faith, and see God be miraculous on your behalf. 
For the rest of you, uh, we ask that you would, uh, you're dismissed and quietly be dismissed. If you want to fellowship in the foyer, that would be great. Don't forget your kids if they're in the back. But come on now, uh, if you would like prayer, and these people are here ready to pray with you in the name of Jesus. God bless you.